Hello, and welcome to the World Fellows podcast. My name is Emma Skye, and I'm director of the World Fellows program at Yale. My guest today is Wanjiro Mukoma from Kenya. Wanjiro, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Emma. So, Wanjiro, can you tell me about your childhood? What was it like growing up in Kenya? I grew up in Nairobi for the early part of my childhood. I grew up in a working-class neighborhood where it was very cosmopolitan. It was very free. We didn't have fences. We practically walked everywhere, and it was safe from my child children's eyes at the time. It was safe. Um, and when I look back now at what it is now, I think it was really safe considering how the distances we used to cover, to go play with our friends. We had many adults who took care of us. We really lived the sense of a child belongs to the community and it takes a village to raise a child because you didn't have to be your mother that was watching over you on a day-to-day basis. Just the adults in the neighborhood would be watching over you. If you weren't at school, they'll be like, why are you not at school? Um, If you needed something, you could just walk into the neighbor's house and ask for it. So it was really fun and very free. I really loved it. And then uh, in my teenage years, uh, we moved to a more rural area, about 35 kilometers away from Nairobi. And um, there, it also had its own sense of freedom because uh, it was much quieter than the city. There wasn't as much traffic. Um, it was it was also a lovely place to grow up. So generally, I enjoyed my childhood a lot. So you're a really strong woman. You're fearless and a little fearsome. Where'd you get it from? <laughs> fearless and fearsome. Just like you, Emma. You are fearless and fearsome too. Um, well, I, I think that, you know, being fearless is, to, for me, is about being confident, being assertive, uh, having clarity of what my values are, having conviction of um, things that matter to me, but also being very um, considerate of how through my life I affect the world and the lives of others. It doesn't mean that I am not afraid of anything. It just means that I have the courage to face those fears and do what I need to do. Um, I think I get that from my mother. I know I get that from my mother. My mother wasn't very present in the early part of my childhood, but she modeled the behavior that made me who I am in very many ways. Now that I'm grown, I see a lot of her in me. And it it was by just watching how she handled situations and by hearing her stories about being a woman who was involved in the not very much acknowledged movement of women that supported the Mau Mau in Kenya. Uh, My mother was a treasurer of the Mau Mau and she later on became a trade unionist. So just watching her do all these things and being very courageous to face them. And I I was in various situations with her as a child where she took on some very... um, strong positions on issues, and just watching her do that, I think that impacted on my life a lot. Secondly, I get it from women in my life, my friends, women that I have met, women I haven't met, women like you, women I read about in books, women in the villages that are doing very courageous things, 
to women in the boardrooms of blue chip companies who are taking on um, areas that ordinarily were not open, very open to women. So that's where I get it from. And lastly, I think over the years, I do get it from reflection. I look back at decisions I've made, you know, in my youth and things I have done. And now sometimes I ask myself, why was I so afraid? I went and did it anyway. So these days I have a mantra, which is, what's the worst that can happen? And often I've found it's nothing earth shattering. It's that someone will say no or that I'll be rejected or that I won't complete what I started. So I go out and do it anyway. Sometimes I'll succeed, sometimes I'll fail. Well, you've not failed. You've spent most of your career working to improve health and well-being in sub-Saharan Africa, particularly in HIV prevention and care, but also in you know, cross-cutting issues such as human rights, gender-based violence. What drew you to this type of work? When I was a student, I went to a rural farming area in South Africa. And I spent... So you went to university in South Africa? I did. And I spent some time on this, in this rural farming town, hanging out with the workers on the farm. I also spent some time with 14-year-olds in the community and with nurses in a health facility. And that was a big... It brought to me a realisation of just how issues that I thought were simply issues of health were not really just about giving medicines and being in facilities, but they were social justice issues. I witnessed, um, and, you know, the women workers in the farms told me also about gender-based violence, very high levels of alcohol abuse, 14-year-olds who were having unprotected sex with very little information about HIV. And this was a time when there was a lot of information about how HIV was uh, transmitted. And that opened my eyes to the fact that I could either write a thesis and just leave it there, or I could get involved in some sort of action. And so I joined a student action group that was aiming at increasing knowledge and awareness of HIV, gender-based violence, and those cross-cutting issues amongst the young people. And that's how I got involved in this. I thought it was just something I would do while I was at university and then go on and get a career. And I ended up doing it for most of my life now. So what progress has been made in Kenya in particular and Africa in general in addressing HIV? There's been a lot of progress in addressing HIV in Africa. Um, HIV has now been around more than 30 years. In that time, many people have died, many people have been infected, but similarly, many, prevent, many uh, HIV infections have been averted. Many people who are living with HIV are on treatment. In Kenya, about we went from about 10% of prevalence of HIV 10 years ago to less than 5% now. The majority of Kenyans who are living with HIV have been tested and know their HIV status. More than 60% of people who are living with HIV are on treatment. So a lot of progress with that. However, 
We still have some challenges with new infections, especially amongst young people, men who have sex with men, female sex workers, and people who use drugs. And whilst the numbers tell us that infections are high in these populations, I see HIV as not just a matter of, you know, a sexually transmitted infection. It is a, a matter of social justice. It's a matter of health systems that are failing these populations, legal systems that are failing these populations. Young women who want contraceptives go to facilities and are met with negative attitudes by providers, so they don't return, and they continue to put themselves at risk of HIV. Uh, Men who have sex with men cannot freely go to facilities because they do not think they will get the services that they need. So we have made progress in terms of reduction in prevalence, in terms of reduction in new infections, but we have a long way to go with matters such as stigma and discrimination, which is a big driver of HIV. And to me, stigma and discrimination is not just about individual attitudes, it's about leadership from the political level to leadership at organizational level, community level, if leaders stood up and spoke against stigma and discrimination, if we as communities defended the right of everybody to access health services as is guaranteed in our constitution, and it means everybody, not some people, not, not people who are heterosexual, not people who are not involved in sex work, but everybody, then we would be making much faster progress. So that's one of the big challenges that we still need to tackle. But overall, there's been good progress. So what's your dream? My dream? I don't have a singular dream. I have many dreams. Some are big, some are bigger, some I have achieved, and some I'm still working towards. Um, I think one of the big dreams for me is that I look forward to the day we shall all treat each other with love and compassion as human beings, despite of what we perceive our differences to be. More immediate dreams, I look forward to a time when all young people in Africa have access to basic education. They have access to basic human rights of food and shelter. I, re I look forward to that day. That's one of my dreams. And the way I see my dreams is that they are each a piece of a puzzle of a big dream. So some I work towards, and that's why I do what I do, is I want to be able to leave this world one day knowing that I did everything I could towards making it a better place where people love one another and don't discriminate and hate on each other. Bonjour. Thank you very much. Thank you, Emma.